God of our fathers. some important to say. Listen, I want to welcome all our visitors who are with us uh, this Sunday. I'm glad you're here. We want you to worship our God with us. We worship God the way God asks us to worship Him. And uh, we want to thank all the members of the body for being here. And we're glad to be one, be one. We're family. I'm gonna ask uh, the other elders to come up. I got something important to talk to y'all about. So that's why I didn't go up on, in the pulpit. I wanna kinda be close to you. As you know, this month we're gonna start a evangelistic program, especially a seminar and training portion of it, uh, I want Doug to give you the details because let me, let me share this with you. We're doing our food pantry, yes, uh, we're, we're trying to help our community by feeding our community, and we also, we, we put a lot of, a lot of finances in our young people to uh, get them engaged and get them understand the importance of having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. But the bottom line, we're trying to save souls and we're trying to introduce Jesus to our community. That's what the food pantry is all about. And yeah, you see us giving that advice, but we also sharing Christ with them. Our young people, we don't want any to be lost. We want all to be saved. So that's why we're doing that. We're doing that so that they will know the truth and they, they will stay on that journey with Jesus. Doug is going to give you a uh, a little blow by blow because we're gonna we're going to uh, we're gonna ramp up this program and we need each and every one of you 
just like you support the food pantry, just like you support our young people. We need each and every one of you being a part of this. Uh, Doug Gertis is doing a wonderful job supporting this. And this is not going to be something that's a one time only. The lost sheep, the lost sheep, and forget about this commercial farming, the lost sheep, each sheep, the, 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 the herdsman had an intimate relationship, so he left the 99 and went to find the lost, and that's where we come in at. We're, we're not going to just stay in the building, hopefully everything is, is safe, we are the church. We're members of the body. That's the church. We're going to go out there and we're going to share Jesus with the world because just like we need it, they need it. Okay. On July 26th through 28th, it's been in the bulletin. We've talked about it and it's on the announcements. A um, guy named Rob Whitaker is going to come here. Uh, it sounds like it's, most of his family is coming with Rob. Um, we're going to have a, in a seminar in here, three nights, Wednesday through Friday night, on personal evangelism. How to share the good news of Jesus Christ with your friends, with your family, people who, like William said, I know a lot of good people that may not reach, get to heaven because they've never heard the gospel, and they've never heard the plan of salvation. And what we're hoping to do is put tools in each one of our hands so we can reach people who we're closest to, not strangers, not, not just anybody and everybody, but people we know and love. So that's coming up. Uh, as a matter of fact, next Sunday morning, instead of a sermon, we're going to show a video, half-hour video, priming us for this seminar and, you know, and what it's going to be about. Um, but anyways, what we're doing, there's in the bulletin right now, there's a thing about soul saving. You can't save souls. There's no souls to save. There are people in your life that don't know Christ that could use Him. People going through life changes. Um, they maybe have a, a new, maybe new to town. They may have a new child. Uh, change in their marital status, uh, loss, of a, loss of a spouse, loss of a loved one. Some of these things are openings for I need Christ and I know I need it. I've got something missing. If you have contact information for people like that, we're, like, we're starting to collect that, either one of the elders or Doug or Pam, uh, give it to them. And uh, as we set this up, we're going to reach out to them with compassion and uh, a possibility with the gospel. So it's not to push people away of what you've been doing is wrong. This is to enlighten and open up the possibility of study and soul saving. So it's on the front of the bulletin, but like I said, until between now and the seminar, and then of course after that, if you've got friends and family that could, you, could benefit from that, please pass along their contact information. Let's go to our Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you for loving all of us, Father. We know that we all have sinned and fall, fall, fell short of the glory of God. We know where we stand, and only because of your love for us, by sending your Son, Jesus, we can be saved. Father, we pray that uh, we have the love for, for everybody, not just our family and friends, but even a stranger, Father. We pray that we, we want to help them and we want to share Jesus with them. Be with us this morning as we 
We worship you, Father, and uh, Father, give us uh, the boldness. You know, we're only we're only we're only bold because we know Jesus Christ, Father, not because of us. We're we have no power. All we have, Father, is is your Son Jesus, Father. As we are faithful servants, as we go and let men and women see that light in our life, Father. We ask that you continue to be with us. Praise prayer in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Luke 10, verses 1 through 3. Shall we read together? After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way, behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. I need the prayers of those who Morning, everybody. Let us bow. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the blessings you've bestowed upon us throughout our lives and those around us. Father, we thank you for pricking our hearts, 
planting that seed, a fire which spurs into a light as we let our light shine as we go throughout this world, Father. Father, that, that love, that love that you have for us, that unconditional love, give us the strength to apply that to one another as we go out through this world. Because it's not just about what we say, but it's about how we live. To let people know that we are Christians, that we strive to be Christ-like. To let them know the true path. Father, please be with the brother who's going to give the message today. Give it in a way that's easy for us to understand and apply to our lives. Father, just when we need it, you know, just hit us with that reminder. Just how, how exciting it is to be in your number. In the name of the Son, our Lord and Savior and King. Amen. Our next song will help us prepare our minds for observance of the Lord's Supper. We'll sing it slowly. Tell me the cross where they nailed him, writhing in the body which represents the life that he led and may we try to apply it to our lives In Christ's name amen
Dear Lord, we thank you for the fruit of the vine, which represents the blood that you shed on the cross. And we're thankful that you made the sacrifice so that we could have eternal life in heaven and be with you. In Christ's name, amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for the many gifts you have for the many gifts you have given to us in our lives. And as we celebrate this Independence Day week, let us not forget the our freedoms that we have to be able to come here and worship you. In other countries they're not so lucky, but let us not take for granted what we the freedoms we have here. In Christ's name, Amen. Good morning. I'll be reading Matthew 17, 4 through 5. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Shall we stand for our song before the lesson? Children's class may now be dismissed. My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty,
You know, times like this, you, you don't take your freedom for granted. I really appreciate the prayer you said, Chase. That's so true. There's a lot of places in the world where it's not as easy just to show up and go to church and worship God. And uh, so with that being said, I was also thinking about um, we've had several kids from the youth group actually go to the, to the military recently. I was thinking about Elijah and Amir and Bradley. Um, just wanted to honor them a little bit today as well. Plus, if you uh, have ever served in any, in any capacity in any of our branches of the military, can you just go ahead and stand up so we can give you a little bit of our appreciation? Ooh. I'll tell you one thing I, I know is 100% sure, tr sure and true is freedom is never free. Freedom is never free. And you're only one generation away from losing that freedom. All right, now we're going to switch. But I do really, really, really appreciate our freedom. It's what makes our country special and great. So I want to um, just let you know I'm a little bit, you might be able to hear it in my voice, I'm a little bit under the weather. I'm definitely on the mending side of things. Um, started off slow on Monday. By right after church on Wednesday night into Thursday, got really rough. And then Friday I woke up starting to feel better. So um, I'm just not going to stand in the back and hug everybody today. Sorry. It's one of my favorite parts of church. But I'm going to sacrifice that today. So if you miss my hug... I'm going to miss yours too. Okay. Um, Amy, the line will be too long. If Amy's back there giving hugs, we'll never get out of church. It's not a bad idea though. Sorry, Lex. Um, you never know what you're going to get in this church. You know that? You never know. So anyway, I don't, I didn't plan a, um, big long sermon today. I always um, am nervous when I say that because it seems like I always go longer when I say that. Um, but we're kind of finishing our series. As, as you know, if you look in the bulletin, you'll see we're going to have a lot of guest speakers and a lot of opportunities for um, other people to be in the pulpit this month. Um, so we're going to finish our series on moments with God. And I really wanted to finish um, with John because I think there's some really profound things here. And then we're going to start in a place where probably many of us think of Peter because Peter's always the guy in the group that kind of um, jumps out and says something that draws the attention of Jesus. Um, but I really want you to think about this whole scenario from John's perspective. So we're going to start in Matthew chapter 17. In Matthew chapter 17, if you go to Luke 9, you will find out that this is part of Luke 9, which actually we're going to get to here in a little bit. Um, because there's a series of things in Luke 9 that happens. What I want you to understand is I like the uh, version of the transfiguration, the, the description of it um, in Matthew 17 a little bit better than in Luke 9. But I want you to know that if you look in Luke 9, it's in that series of events that happens in, in, this, uh, in this time with John. Um, which I think is going to be pretty profound once we get through it. So. Let's go ahead and get started. Matthew chapter 17, starting verse 1, says, And after six days Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother. Not James, the brother of Jesus, John and James, the brothers. The sons of 
Zebedee, also known as the sons of thunder. Do you remember why? Well, we're going to get to that even if you don't. don't if you do, don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. So he led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun. Who's that remind you of? Sure remind you of Moses, right? Sure remind you of Moses from this same um, series. And his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Now I want you to stop for a second and imagine yourself in John's place. You're up on this mountain. Now you've seen Jesus at this point. You've had experiences with Jesus. So really there's not too much that's really going to surprise you anymore. You, don't forget John's the one who wrote in his gospel that if they wrote down every miracle that they saw, there wouldn't be a book big enough to contain it. But this is a moment that shocks even the closest to Jesus being Peter James and John, and I'm not afraid to say that because there are times where Peter, James, and John get separated from everybody else and only get to be with Jesus. And that's a common group of people. And this moment shocks them. Why? Well, who's Moses? Do you remember our discussion of Moses? Do you remember what the Bible says about Moses? That he was one of the greatest prophets, that nobody really knew God the way Moses knew God, that, God, that Moses knew God as of, as of face to face. That's what it says in the book of Chronicles about Moses. So do you think that the Jewish people, the Israelites, um, even the Hebrews, the people who would have considered them Hebrews, right, the most devout do you think that they thought highly of Moses? Of course they did. Moses was kind of like the type of leader they were looking for in Jesus. They wanted someone that was going to bring them back to prominence. That's what they wanted. What about Elijah? Remember when we were discussing Elijah on Sunday night? Remember how many times he told everybody he was the only one left. I'm the only prophet left. They've killed everybody else. I'm the only righteous prophet left. And what do we know about Elijah that makes him pretty significant? I don't know. Maybe he didn't die. You think they held him in high esteem? Yeah. Moses and Elijah are two of the most important prophets of the Old Testament. They're two of the most important people to the Jews. So here's this moment. They're walking with Jesus. I'm sure that they're expecting a little bit more than a Devo. But they get to the top of the mountain and who's there? Who shows up? Only two of the greatest men they've ever heard of, men they've studied their whole lives, men they've tried to mirror their lives after, men they can only imagine being like, never really actually attaining to. That's who they see. And I think what's interesting is when they show up, Jesus lights up, right? It says his face was like the sun. It says his clothes became like extremely white light, pure light, the brightest of light that you can imagine. 
Now, what would you be focused on? What would you be noticing? What would be the more spectacular thing to you in this moment? And Peter said to Jesus, like I said, this is the moment. Peter always says something. But don't forget John's there. He's witnessing all of this himself. So is his brother James. And Peter says to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. It is good that we are here. Almost like Jesus, wow, you led us up the right mountain because, oh, just so happened that Moses and Elijah were here. You know, Peter's that guy. I'm just letting you know. He's that guy. He's just going to state the obvious, but kind of miss the point at the same time. That's Peter. And this is one of those moments. He's like, man, this is, we just happened to come across the right place. He's missing the point. Says, if you wish, I will make three tents here. One for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. You know what he wants to do? You know what the tents represent? He wants to worship all three. That's what he wants to do. He has Moses and Elijah in such esteem that he has this experience where he's, he's now seeing them in the flesh. And of course, imagine that. They've been dead for a long time. Well, not Elijah, but Moses has been dead for a long time. Elijah was taken up by God. Now all of a sudden they're in the same place. You might think of the same exact thing. That might be your response too. Whoa. He wants to worship all three. That's what he wants to do. He wants to set up a tent for all three. He wants to worship all three. And it says, he was still speaking. Okay? Now this reminds me of when I was trying to like say something to my parents when I was a kid. And what was coming out of my mouth was obviously not resonating with my parents. So they didn't even let me finish what I was saying. They just cut me off and was like, no. This is kind of that moment God has right here. Here's Peter and he's all excited. He's like, we should, we should worship everybody, man. This is so amazing. We're in the right spot. I can't believe what's going on here. By the way, don't forget, Jesus is a flashlight. And before he can even finish what he's saying, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. A bright cloud. I don't really know how to describe that to you. Let's just, let's just say it's an extremely visual, bright cloud. Clouds are usually just white and look like cotton <coughs> or dark because we're about to get a storm. I don't know what a bright cloud looks like. Maybe lightning, maybe like heat lightning pumping through a cloud. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hey, Kendall, can you bring me that cup? <clears throat> yeah, I should have brought that up here with me. Anyway. But they should have certainly had a moment, right? Moses is sitting in front of them. Well, was God ever in a cloud with Moses? Sure was. He was leading Israel by that cloud during the day. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. 
And before he can get done speaking, the cloud comes over them and it says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Does that sound like any other time in Jesus's life? How about at his baptism? So this isn't the first time they've heard this. This is, this is the second time they've heard this, but they have a completely different reaction. <coughs> God says, listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. They were terrified. That voice, it probably was not like the moment with Elijah where it wasn't in the storm, it wasn't in the earthquake, it was in the whisper. This was probably a booming voice. It scared them. They were terrified. It says they hid their faces. They fell on their faces. They were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them saying, rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. So you go from this moment. Now think about it because it all happens really fast. And John and James, they have the liberty of kind of watching this. And Peter's the guy that's kind of opening his mouth. But we go from this place where Peter's like, we should worship everybody individually. Like, this is so amazing. Like Moses, Elijah, Jesus, like one in the same. To this moment where God comes out of nowhere, like, uh, no, this is my son. This is my son. This is who you listen to. Don't forget, again, light bulb, ah! Moses, Elijah, not them, him. Him. And by the time they can look up, guess who's not there no more? It's just him. It's just him. The cloud's gone. Moses and Elijah are gone. It's just him. Ah! I was like, could you have done that a little earlier? That would have been perfect. Can we add some elements? Jesus was like a light bulb. Ah! Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. All right. Now, a little further down, if you look in Luke 9, you'll find that that moment happens a little further up in Luke 9. A little further down, we, we come to this part, and there's actually a series of events that happen. That's why I want to focus on this, this part as well. So there's an argument that breaks out amongst the disciples. And what are they arguing about? The same thing most people are arguing about. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Who's the best disciple? Who's the most righteous? Who is the smartest? Who gets all the questions right when Jesus asks the questions right? Who, who's the greatest? And they want to know. They want Jesus to tell them, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? That's my favorite thing to do is play with my kids that way, you know? Like when I want them to do something they don't want to do, I say, man, you know you're my favorite. Just go do it. Nathan feels so betrayed right now. Um, <laughs> he feels so betrayed. Listen, I don't have no favorites. I love them all. They all remind me of me. They all remind me of their mom. I love them all. Right? But that's what they're having. They're having this moment. They love Jesus so much. They want to know, who do you think is the best of us? Who do you love the most? And I imagine, right, don't forget, John not only was the one who wrote about all the miracles and how they couldn't fit in the book, he's also the one that made sure you knew every time he talked about himself that he was the disciple whom Jesus loved. You think John was part of this discussion? Who's your favorite? Who's the greatest? Jesus, you know you love me. 
But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. Now, you can have it a couple different ways. You can have Jesus kind of stand there and he's got this child over here and he's kind of put him on. Or you can have even Jesus picking him up, putting him on his side. One way or another, he's got a little child and he's saying, look, if you want to be like, if you want to, uh, he says, whoever receives this child, my name receives me. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. If you want to be favorable in my sight, treat kids well. That's kind of first and foremost. And you know what? That's not the first time or the last time Jesus is going to talk about how important it is to treat kids. But then he says this, for he who is the least among you all is the one who is great. You know, he's not saying he who is least talented he who is weakest, he who struggles the most. He's saying, you that are great, if you're willing to be the least, then you will truly be great. Isn't that exactly what Jesus did? He humbled himself, being in the very essence of God, became man. He's the greatest. Laying down his life on the cross for all of us to the least. Then a little bit later they come in, John, John is, is uh, answering and he says, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. Oh man, this one. You, you, now y'all listen to this one. This is important to me. This, one, this scripture was a profound change in my life. Okay? So listen to it. Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he does not follow with us. You know what he's saying? He's saying, Master, we walked up on these guys and they're casting out demons in the name of Jesus, of course, but you know what they're not? They're not us. They're not with you every day. They're not us. They're not part of our crew. So what do we do? We try to stop them. Like, is anybody thinking that's a little bit bizarre? I think it's a little bit bizarre, but you know what? I see this same attitude in churches today. The way we point fingers at each other and act like we're not good enough based on our differences of interpretation and opinion. That's what I see. Well, they're not with us. So they should probably stop. I'm going to tell you for a long time, I believe that was taught in the church. And I'm, I'm going to tell you that I'm not that preacher. I don't believe that the name on the sign is what saves the body of Christ. I don't think the church of Christ is based on a name. Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. Isn't that enough? Isn't that enough? Shouldn't that have been a sign to them that, oh, wow, these guys are doing something amazing? Don't they kind of sound like the Pharisees? It's not like they were casting out demons in their own name. They were casting out demons in the name of Jesus. And we try to stop him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, do not stop him for the one who is not against you. Is for you. 
See, here's the truth, man. We already live in a world where the majority of the world, the way of corruption, the way to hell is wide. And many are going in that direction. Why take the people that are trying to go in the same direction and make them our enemy? How's that really going to solve anything? How's that going to lead any more people to Christ or, or allow each of us in our different opinions and interpretations to sharpen one another? You ever go up to somebody that you disagree with and just go, you know what? You're just wrong. A great way to start a conversation. I guarantee you they're going to listen to you. Oh, please tell me. Why not show a little love and grace? Don't you think you'll get further? Just a question. Then a little further along, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, this is where John shows. Sometimes even though the answer's right there in front of his face, he kind of misses it too. Don't forget the conversation he just had. He admitted he tried to stop those people. Right? When the, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem and he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. Well, if you thought it was only the Jews that didn't like the Samaritans, now you're finding out the Samaritans didn't like the Jews. And if you're on your way to Jerusalem, well, we don't want nothing to do with you. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, you wanna know why they're called the sons of thunder? This is that moment. When they saw it, they said, Lord, I'm feeling like a little bit of Elijah in Mount Carmel. That's what they said. Do you want us to call down fire from heaven and just destroy these people? How dare they? Here you are, and they won't even receive you. Here you are showing yourself to them and they won't even receive you. Who they think they are? Right? Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and he did what? He rebuked them. Have you not learned yet? Do you think this is what I'm about? Do you think this is who I am? And they went on to another village. They just moved on. They just moved on. Remember, Jesus talked to them about that in their ministry. If you come to a village, if you come to a city, and they don't receive you, even though you've tried to reach them, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to dust your feet off and move on. That's, that's the Christian way. And of course, I couldn't leave this one out. It's the one we all know. It's the one you probably thought of when you thought about moments with God, with John. Here he is at the foot of the cross. Here he is with all the women and John. And I've told you this before. I don't know who else is there, but nobody else is mentioned to be there. It's, it's widely believed that the rest of the disciples, they have already ran away as fear that they would be the next one on the cross. Not John. He's there. You know why? 
Because he's the disciple whom Jesus loved. He's going to be there. Because he loved Jesus too. In fact, it was, it was James and John, if you remember, the brothers that were they were, they were wanting to be at the right hand of Jesus. You remember that? And he was like, you don't even know what you're asking. You don't want the cup that I'm about to bear. You don't know what you're asking. But John's there. In the midst of all the chaos of the cross, in the midst of the scene of the crucifixion, in the midst of all the mockery and, and the gambling over, over the clothes and the two thieves... He's seeing it all. And Jesus looks down and he sees his mother and he sees John standing beside each other and he says, Mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. And it's John who writes in his own gospel to make sure everybody understands that from that day, guess where Mary lived? In his house. Now, if you don't feel like we kind of went all over the place, then you probably missed a few things I talked about. So let me make it clear for you. Number one, it's not about Moses. You know, I want to say this too, because I don't do this very often. Normally I try to tell you what it's about, but sometimes it is easier to tell you what it's not about to show you what it really is about. Does that make sense? Sometimes it's easier to say what it's not about to show you what it really is about. In fact, that's actually a style that Jesus uses himself at times. It's not about Moses. It's not about Elijah. It's not about you or me. It's not about Buddha. It's not about Muhammad or any other false god or prophet. It's only about Jesus. If you've been coming to Wednesday night when we've been discussing Romans, you cannot read Romans and what Paul says and come to any other conclusion. It is only about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus, it is about Jesus, and it will always be about Jesus. Because at the end of the day, your salvation is only through Jesus, and it rests completely on Jesus. Amen. It's not about Moses and Elijah. It's about Jesus. Number two, it's not about who's the greatest. Church is not supposed to be a power struggle. Church isn't supposed to be a competition. We should be, yes, we should be pushing each other. We should be encouraging each other. We should be striving with one another. But it's not about who's the greatest. It's about who's willing to be the least. It's about who's willing to be the least despite your gifts and your talents. We're all in this together. We're all part of the family of God. We are here to encourage and help one another, sharpen and push each other, love and even carry one another. That's what it's about. It's not about who's the greatest. God's the greatest. Jesus is the greatest. It's really only about him. It's always been about him. It always will be about him. Last but not least, it's not about calling down fire from heaven on those who refuse to take Jesus in. 
Let me say that one more time. It's not about calling down fire from heaven on those who refuse to take Jesus in. Just because they're not with us doesn't mean we should be against them. What did Jesus say? He said, love your enemy and pray for them. That's what he said. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but the evil that rules in the darkness. That's what it's about. You know the sad part is, even those who are enemies of the cross, which by the way, Paul said, such were some of you. Such was, my, such was me. <laughs> you know what they are? They're just deceived. They're just caught in the snare of the devil. They're just, they've just been fooled by the ways of the world. You know what they are? They're just sheep without a shepherd. They're not our enemies. They're lost souls that we should be snatching from the fire. That's what it's about. Look, maybe you're there. Maybe you're at that place where you realize, like, I'm sitting in the fire. I believe the way of the world. I'm, I'm caught in the trap. It's all deception. It never leads to anything really fulfilling. The only thing that's fulfilling is when I try to take the word and apply it to my life. Maybe you're there and maybe it's time for a change. Maybe it's time to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Be washed in his blood. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Be added to the kingdom. Baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Us becoming the temple of God. God dwelling with us. Making his home in us. Maybe it's time. For those of us who have already done that, I pray we look at these moments that John had with God and see him for as clear as what they were. Because it's not about you or me. It's about Jesus. Are we sharing that with the world? Are we sharing that with our friends, our family? Because I'll say it loud and proud till the day I die. And one day I'll proclaim it right to him as my knee bows with everybody else's in this room and confesses what? That Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. Where are you at? If there's a need to respond to the invitation, you'd come as together we stand and sing.
Thank you, Matt. But it's an important message to carry along and carry on with our, share with our friends and our families. Um, you know, evangelism kind of works in weird ways. You want to you learn how to lose 50 pounds? I'm sure somebody will tell you how they did it. Uh, you know, want to know where the best hamburger is, best cheeseburger around? Just ask. You'll find out. Where do you find the best barbecue? Probably not in this town, but anyways. Uh, it ain't hard to find that stuff. People got the good news, and they'll share it. Uh, the best news of all, news about Jesus Christ. What's he mean to you? Does it mean that, are you willing to share that with your friends and your family? Um, that's, that's the key to the, the seminar that we're going to have here with House to House, Heart to Heart in a couple weeks. Uh, next Sunday morning, that's what we're using for our sermon is the video there to get us primed. What, what does it take for each of us? It's not, you know, yeah, we pay Matt to preach, but he can't go out here and save everybody in Titusville. He can't. He can share the gospel up here for a half hour, not 45 minutes. Uh, <laughs> uh, he can preach the gospel if you come in here or you're watching on uh, YouTube or something like that. But what's it take? The best people you'll ever reach are the people that you love and you care about. So that's part of it. Uh, come to the seminar. Find out how to share that with your friends and family. Uh, I know Steve Sharp, his sister Angel, uh, they study together using the material from the House to House Heart to Heart people, so I know it works. Um, on the front page is something about soul saving, and we mentioned that earlier. If you have someone in your life who could use the, use the good news, share it with us. We're not, you know, quite honestly, we're not interested in filling every seat here just for having numbers. We're not interested in having thousands of dollars each week just to have money. We are interested in saving souls and getting people to heaven. That's the important thing. Um, we'll have some other stuff. Uh, as Matt mentioned, we have, we're full of guest speakers this, this month. Um, I know Matt's got Bible camp. He's given part of the Equip conference. And on fifth Sundays, we have guest speakers anyway. So uh, one of those guest speakers will be tonight. Matt's been not feeling real well this week. So Nick Eidings is going to preach th this evening. Nick Eidings from East Orange. Uh, next week, we've got the, the Rob Whitaker video. And Mike O'Neill is going to preach in the evening. On the 23rd, uh, Doug Gertis and John Fisher. And on the 30th, Chuck White and Mike Wall. So we got plenty of chances to hear different voices as well as the evangelism seminar that we're going to have. Our food pantry. Uh, food pantry for the month of July, our goal is no longer tuna. Now it is vegetables, vegetables, vegetables. Um, so we're looking for 400 cans of vegetables to put into the bags for food pantry. Pass those out. And uh, we're also looking to pick up Wanda Fitzgerald's favorite vegetable, macaroni and cheese. So. <laughs> One is not here, but I, I tease her about that all the time. So we're also picking up, we'd like to get 200 boxes of mac and cheese to pass out to. Um, put those in the box out front. We'll go with that. We also got a backpack, backpack and school supplies giveaway. We're collecting supplies out there in the hallway too. Um, prayer list. Um, Lex told me earlier today, this morning, that uh, Edith's sister, Hayda Terrell, Hayda's had uh, dementia for a while, but she uh, they've now put her on hospice, so she's not expected to live very long. And he said the key to this is pray for the family. So pray for her family. She's a Christian. That's good news for everyone, but she uh, please pray for the family. Hayda Terrell, that's Edith. Edith Pierce's sister. Um, Leah Robinson got moved out of the hospital this week. She got moved into an inpatient rehab. So that's a big, that's a big thing. Yeah, amen. Please. Prayers have um, made a difference. We've heard that from uh, both sides of the family. How much that, how much that's meant, and how much change they've seen in her. She'll be in there probably another week or so. So, three weeks. Three weeks. See, there's the so. 
Three weeks. It counts down pretty quick, though. So that's good news. And they're in there, and they're helping her each and every day. So uh, over in Winter Park, right? Yep. Okay. Winter Park. Uh, Nancy Aggie. Nancy Aggie's got some severe colitis. She's been an in and out of the hospital, but she is currently in Vieira Hospital, to the best of my knowledge, with some severe pain. So Nancy, Nancy Aggie is fighting colitis, and that's where she's at. She got to go home. Okay. She's not there anymore, but she's still been fighting it pretty bad. So pray for Nancy, but it's a terrible thing to deal with. Uh, Brandon Bissett, he's 28, uh, and he has fluid in his brain. So pray for Brandon Bissett also. And I think I got one other thing here. There is going to be a shower on uh, July 16th. On July 16th, they're going to have a shower to celebrate Betty Larner becoming a great granna. So that's a big thing. So her granddaughter Holly is having a baby, baby Rowan. So they're going to celebrate granna at uh, Mitzi's house on the 16th of July. And I think there's instructions on Facebook about don't bring it wrapped, just bring wrapping and that stuff. And I'm going to wrap it all together. So sounds like a good time. So. We celebrate the good times. Um, one other thing. So, when I was eating cereal this morning, reached way in the bottom of the box, that's where I always put it. Found this ring. Right? Not really. It was found in here. Uh, it's not mine, but it's a ring. It's got a diamond on it. It's gold. Um, if I was going to be mafia or something, I'd wear this ring. But it's not mine. So, if you've lost this ring, see me. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty ring. It's a pretty ring, so I'm sure it belongs to somebody. Uh, this evening, Nick's going to speak. Nick Hiding's going to speak this evening at 6. Um, on Wednesday night, we're going to have Bible class in here. Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9 in here. And that's it. Um, have a great week. Stay faithful. Figure out who you want to share the good news with. It was shared with you at some time. There's two kinds of people in here. Uh, the good news came because your family was, were Christians. Where the good news came from somebody else in your life that was concerned about you and loved you. How do you reach out and touch those other people? So uh, give this some thought this week. Shall we stand for our closing song? On our second verse, we'll sing it slowly, and there'll be, after each sentence, a hold a note. So just follow me. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes are round the shore. He has loosed the faithful life. He loved his terrible
pray. Father in heaven, holy is your name. Forgive us for any sins we may have committed. We forgive those who sin against us, Lord. We thank you for this wonderful Sunday we came together. We got to enjoy each other. We got to enjoy you as well, Lord. Thank you for your presence in our lives. Again, Lord, we thank you for this great nation on this 4th of July weekend. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings you've given this nation. We ask you, Lord, that we can go forward and do our best to make it a better place for our children. And, and please bring a revival, even if it takes 100 years, Lord, please bring it eventually. We ask you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy upon all of us this week and every church in the world, that you would help us to be healthy, help us be protected, and if anything does happen, help us into your glory with great joy, blameless. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.